Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome back, rugby fans. You're here with the Rugby Rant Podcast team for episode 137. And on this occasion, as per usual, we're going to be talking more about Major League Rugby and everything to do with rugby across North America. Joining me is, of course, my cohorts. You got Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, and I and Ty the Saffer Braga. Welcome to the Rugby Rant. When we pick up the ball. We also pick up a legacy, a legacy that stretches beyond your current team, a legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work, and for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy, but we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. Gentlemen, as per usual, we're going to dive into the around the pitch. How do we do that? As a reminder for fans, we're going to hand it once around the table. You're going to give a quick fire thought of what is noteworthy for fans to pay attention to when it comes to rugby, not only locally, but it can be anywhere that we like it to be. But if it's rugby, we want to know about it. And we're going to give probably two each here. And I'm going to start it off with Rob. All right, let me put on my cheaters now. All right, there we go. Perfect. Uh, Yeah, um, just turned 52, and I've got all sorts of problems, and one of them is now that I need reading glasses. How's your neck, by the way? Recent thing? Yeah, it's a recent thing. And, yes, uh, my neck is improving. (laughs) It's about 75 or 85%, but that's about it still. Got some movement back, but so so um, a moment ago know. we've just finished an interview with Nick Colling from from the the Utah yeah. Warriors, and you said you could That's beat right. anybody in a ten meter dash. Oh, the legs still work. Legs are good. <laughs> legs are good. As long as you don't have to step, it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to make the step. I, I yeah, right. legs are good. They yes, work. Just ask God. I gotcha. <laughs> That's right. All right, so uh, I'm I'm gonna put out my opening salvo here. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I like to pump youth sports uh, and youth rugby. So the Boys High School National Championships will be out here uh, this coming weekend. So it'll be, you know, we'll release this on Thursday, and it should be this weekend, uh, May 26th through 28th. It's going to be in Salt Lake City. Uh, it ha- has been hosted in Elkhart, Indiana. That's at the rug- at the Mooseheart uh, grounds. It's been an awesome tournament. But it will be televised on TRN. Uh, it's presented by the Major League Rugby and Youth High School Rugby. Uh, interestingly, 24 elite high school and U18 club teams. There's going to be three tiers of rugby brackets. Uh, single school teams is going to be one, so we're going to see eight of those. We're going to see eight multiple school teams. In other words, you've got multiple high schools that are forming one team, and then you've got a Tier 2 competition. So, again, eight teams per bracket. Should be an awesome event. It's a great way to showcase youth rugby, and it's a great way – for young rugby players to get noticed at an early age so they can continue to develop towards 2031. 
I, I love that you always manage to be able to hit this point. Almost every episode is rugby development. Obviously, it's kind of close to your heart as you got a son playing, you know, right. at, at senior level now, but you were with them through their high school years. Um, but as you said, you know, it's identifying talent early, giving them the opportunity to grow because, you know what, we may think that nine years is far away for the next, uh, well, for the first Rugby World Cup to be on U.S. soil. Um, but it's not really when you think about development. You know, so I, I love the fact that you continue tooting and touting the, 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 the praises of those that do that. And it's all up to the fans out there to be able to make sure they show support and continue to be able to encourage others to take up the sport as well. Scott, I hand it over to you, my friend. Sweet. So Dallas, congratulations. They uh, celebrated their first ever victory away from home. Hey! As the upset. Yeah. Woo. Shout out to the guys at Jackal Den. Um, but uh, they upset Rugby ATL 27-19 uh, at Silverbacks Park on Saturday. Um, you know, one of those things where obviously this is a good achievement for the Jackals. They got not only their second win of the season, um, their first win away from their stadium, um, but honestly kind of catastrophic for ATL. Unfortunately, you know, ATL is going to need help to try and get back into that playoff picture right now, uh, coming away with no points for that match. Um, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't hit the bonus point for either of uh, the bonus tries or coming in close uh, on, on, a, on a loss, um, you know, losing, losing by eight, no bonus tries, uh, really tough. I mean, they, they played a really, really good Dallas side. Dallas came in um, ready to play. Uh, pretty much. It was one of those, one of those things where Dallas just had a lack of, 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 you know, handling errors, a lack of penalties. Uh, you had ATL coming in, especially in the second half with a lot of handling errors and the game almost seemed to be, uh, out of reach uh, by the 75th minute, to be honest, for ATL. Um, they came back and scored a try uh, at the end, kind of academic at that point. But, um, you know, disappointing loss for ATL at home against a, a tough Jackal side who's kind of uh, in that cage corner there. But uh, let's see. Uh, Dallas Jackals are coming to town in two weeks. So we'll see if uh, maybe they kind of kind of blew all that emotional uh, uh, stuff out. And, you know, it's a tough place to play when you guys come to Mount Vernon. So uh, we're going to see what happens when they play the Ironworkers in two weeks. Yeah, now, Scott, I got to ask, uh, you know, your your ears to the ground down there in uh, Dallas uh, and with the Jackal Den. Have they found Rick Collins after the celebration? I've they have not. <laughs> I know I know he, he got a new job. They were looking for him. They put out a bolo. Um, apparently, he was at the airport. A bunch of uh, Jackal supporters showed up to the airport. They knew what flight the boys were coming home on to surprise him. About twenty or thirty Jackal Den supporters, but yeah, Rick Collins still MIA. Be on the lookout. <laughs> too, one too many conversiers, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, I always said, you know, you, you said it leading into that piece there, Scott, that, you know, there was an upset. Uh, certainly, if you think about the matchup, but yeah, a lot of ATL fans certainly upset. But I wouldn't be able to reframe it as a good thing, right? Because not so long ago, we were talking about Dallas uh, kind of being the joke of the league. I don't mean to sound harsh, but, you know, how many wins did they go with? Sorry, how many? How many games did it take to get these wins? And it's indicative of how they are growing. And if they are now able to upset where they're creating these, these uh, matchups, these opportunities, it's growing. They're getting better. And that's actually a good thing for the league. And that's the takeaway for me that I hope other fans also happen to see that collectively the league is getting better when each team continues to progress. I'm going to dive into, uh, into a little bit about the international circuit here, turning our attention away from the MLR into 
international sevens in particular. Our neighbours to the north with Canada are narrowly managing to be able to escape their exclusion from the world circuit. Uh, this would have been devastating to, to another step, devastating blow to uh, Rugby Canada if they were to be uh, kicked out of the HSBC Seven circuits. They took on uh, uh, Kenya and Uruguay, narrowly beating them out to be able to retain that last and final spot uh, for the World Tour. So they will continue to be able to stick around for the following season uh, in hopes that it will set them up for an opportunity to be able to qualify, more importantly, for the 2024 Olympics, which of course is the grand stage for any sevens athlete and ability and an opportunity to receive a medal, hopefully. Uh, we hope that they will take this one and take this lifeline and certainly put it to good use. Uh, but they're there for the next season and that's the takeaway. Even though it's not pretty, they're there. Rob, what else do you have to share with us? Yeah, well, I, I decided to down, uh, don the uh, Hounds hoodie in honor of these next two guys. I want to throw a congratulatory shout-out to Tanache Machena and Nick Taylor, uh, both products of Lindenwood University, friends of uh, my son, um, so I know both these gentlemen well. Uh, they earned their first caps with the Chicago Hounds uh, this past weekend. Uh, both came in at the 56-minute um, so we have, uh, first of all, Tanache, um, he was a number 15 pick in the 2022 draft, along with the same draft class of fellow hound, Caleb Strum, um, selected, uh, number eight by Houston. He is hound number 35. And then Nick Taylor, uh, the 17th pick in the 2021 draft by Seattle, uh, as a center hound number 36. He, uh, is along with fellow hounds from that same class. Uh, Mason Cook and Mike Matarazzo. So it's good to see both these guys get their opportunities. Um, you know, people may not know that both Nick and Tanache have been involved with the Hounds uh, from training camp. Uh, Tanache was, you know, overcoming some visa issues, trying to get, you know, get uh, that sorted out. And Nick's, uh, and Nick's been grinding away since the very beginning. So I love seeing both these guys get their opportunity to play. I love it. New fresh blood to be able to draw the, from or add to the rugby talent here in the U.S. Yeah. Always a great positive highlight. And again, you're just reinforcing how I said that, you know, Rob, every time I love how you send a shout out to the next generation and future generations. So credit to you, my friend. Scott, what else have you got to share? So we're talking Super Rugby America's uh, 2023 season is almost concluded. Um, you had uh, the, the uh, excuse me, the uh, the Raptors play Los Dogos. Um, Raptors going down, losing by eight, uh, Los Dogos 40, Raptors 32. Um, you know, again, it was a tale of two halves for the Raptors. It seems to be kind of, uh, um, their, their, what, what the, the, their, their MO is this season. Unfortunately, it's like, you know, they, they have a really good first half, second half, not so well, or vice versa. And this, this again showed kind of that same thing. Um, you know, they were losing big up and up in the first half and then all of a sudden came back. Um, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those things that first year in the league, getting your players together, traveling down to South America, and staying there a lot. So, um, you know, it's tough. Uh, Los Dogos will have a bye and go into uh, go into the semifinal. Um, Raptors will travel to Sao Paulo to face Os Cobras uh, on Saturday. Uh, the winner of that match will avoid getting the wooden spoon. The loser will get the wooden spoon, and uh, Raptors will most likely be without Mikey Grandy. Um, unfortunately, he had a really gnarly tackle. Um, red card, 
probably going to be a long suspension. Uh, the player he hit, uh, he kind of upended him, landed on his neck, and 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 Grandy rolled on top of him after that. Really ugly, really bad one. But uh, you know those happen sometimes. I'm sure it wasn't uh, malicious on purpose. It, it was just part of the circumstance. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be a big ban. So we'll see you next week. Hopefully, Raptors will get that win, avoid getting the uh, wooden spoon for the 2023 season. So not only does he go with the high tackle, he doubles down with the steamroller afterwards. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think it was more of just circumstance on on how their momentum was moving uh, rather than malicious intent. But as we know in rugby, um, it has nothing to do with malicious intent. It has to do with you know controlling your body. So unfortunately, that's how it is. I know when I used to hit the steamroller on my brother, it always had intent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, and and you know to your to your point, the the Raptors being able to you know find themselves in obviously not a favorable position at the end of season as it comes to the close, very near the bottom, if not the bottom, still to be decided. Uh, but it's worth noting that they came in so late to this competition. All the partners had been settled. Obviously, it was a carryover from the old slaw to what we now know as the Super Rugby Americas. Columbia fell out for financial reasons, and for those that aren't familiar, the Raptors filled their place and became the only American partner to be playing professionally in South America. And as a result of being the last partner in, they got a pretty tough deal on the itinerary and the schedule, and that had them away for very long periods and had to throw together a a competitive team. I think that uh, there are many lessons to be learned, and we wish them well in this final match and hope that they have a bright future continuing in Super Rugby Americas because it's great to not only continue to uh, explore the options domestically with MLR, but we cannot forget that there are really awesome players plying their trade internationally at another domestic competition cross-continentally in Super Rugby Americas. Thank you, Scott, for highlighting that. Let's dive into my last and final piece. I'm going to turn it to a little local flavor for me. So for the folks who don't know, I'm not too far away from where Rob is, but in fact, you got to head about five hours west of Chicago and you will get to Des Moines, Iowa. And then 25 minutes north of there, you get to Ames, Iowa, home to Iowa State University and also home for the first time to the national champions of American uh, College Rugby D1. First time in their history. They've been around since the late 60s. Shout out to Iowa State University. Have made major steps forward to be able to develop their program, reach even greater heights. We hope to be able to see that continue as another great partner in the Midwest. Uh, And uh, certainly we will see it filtering into other parts around the nation as many of those talents could be applying their trade elsewhere in the near future. So pay attention to college rugby. There's a lot of great stuff happening. Pay attention to high school rugby. The next generation is out there and they're ready to be able to take the helm. On behalf of the team, we'll be back in a few moments as we move into the main part of today's episode 137 to tackle the topic of whether the MLR should scrap draws and take away the tie opportunities and what should we possibly replace it with. We'll be back in a few moments after we hear a few words from one of our partners. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. 
Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant Podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Welcome back, rugby fans. As we promised, we're here to be debating the next and interesting topic because this was brought into relevance, uh, gentlemen, uh, again this week with another tie. Um, and this is, we were t- discussing it between uh, ourselves before. I'm not even sure how many ties we've recorded. I'm sure somebody out there can tell us and they should drop a comment below. But it's James Daly. we've had quite a few. Well, you I, you know, yeah, well, I was going to say James Dealey would probably know, but I think I have the number. We had two this this season thus far, no ties in 2022, uh, okay. one tie in 21. Uh, I, I can't even talk about uh, 2020 with a five-week uh, shortened season. Uh, in 2019, we had two and no ties in 2018. So, you know. Why do I um, need Jays if I got Rub? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you got five so far in essentially five seasons. So at least one a season is what we're averaging, right? Yeah. Now, that might to some people not be an issue at all, right? Maybe it adds to the excitement, the drama, the change in these, uh, the, uh, uh, the rust, not the rusters, what's the word I'm looking for? The standings, right? The impact it has can be pivotal, especially when you kind of get down to those final moments when you're chasing that playoff opportunity. This is perhaps what's brought it to relevance and sparked conversation among fans across social media, in the MLR fan zone, wherever you choose to be able to, uh, to chat and banter. But it's certainly a hot topic, and that's why we brought it forth for fans. And that's why we've got Scott and Rob here to debate it. Now, I haven't given them any suggestions on where they may land on this, so it's going to be up to them. We offered Rob the first chance to speak in the Around the Pitch piece, so it's only fair that we offer it to Scott to be able to open us up here. And before you dive into it, a reminder for folks tuning in, Scott and Rob are going to decide through their rant whether they think it should stay, whether they think it should go, and wherever they may land, I'm still going to ask them, if there is a solution, what could it be? So, Scott, the floor is yours. Let's get hot, baby. So this might be controversial. Uh, I like the tie. Um, I, I, not that I'm a traditionalist per se, but you know, I, I do feel if you didn't do enough to win, you don't deserve to win. There shouldn't be extra time to win. I understand, obviously, in a, in a match where you have to go in and have a winner playoff match. You know, maybe have you know if if a tie is going to change something uh, the last week of a playoff run, maybe we have different rules for that, but. Honestly, if you didn't do enough to win, you don't deserve to win. And if you're a team that maybe has um, a little bit of a, a lesser uh, depth of, of, of roster or depth of talent, you know, why should we give the, the other team extra time to, to try and beat you out if they didn't do it 
in the first 80 minutes. I just don't understand it. And I'll just, I'll bring it to the NHL. I'm not a fan of the way NHL does overtimes. Again, um, not only do they do during an overtime period, season. yeah, during the regular season of, you know, going into overtime and then going into, you know, the overtimes three on three now, and then, you know, going into a shootout. And that just means, okay, great. We're going to have an individual come in to decide how the game's going to be decided and, and get those extra points. And yes, you do get the overtime loss point or whatever, but again, why are we just giving the, the a team that maybe have momentum or has a better roster or is having a better night, another chance and another chance and another chance. Again, if you didn't, if you didn't hit it, there's, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to say. You didn't play well enough to win. You didn't beat the other team. You missed a conversion. You had handling errors. Um, you, maybe you should have dotted an automatic seven instead of giving your buddy a shot at, at the conversion. You know, what, whatever the case may be, maybe you ran out of time and you were, you know, you, 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 you brought the ball into touch with, you know, at the death and you shouldn't have, you know, like you can't reward people for, for time. Right. And that's what it would do. It, re- it would, re- it might reward somebody for having one spectacular play in let's say a 10 minute overtime period. And, why when the other team fought so hard to to maintain that score it just doesn't make sense to me i know it would probably be more fan friendly i know it would be more exciting and yada 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 but realistically if you didn't do enough to win why are you getting those four points so i'm going to throw it back to you and you touched on it for just a moment but of course that's what fans will say is well scott it provides such great entertainment value what do you say to those people well, so does a tie. I mean, my point is that you think guys are are going are going with a are going into a tie, going oh, oh, we're we're tied right now. Let me just kick the ball out of bounds so I only get two points. Yeah, I mean, right. you're gonna you're coming when you're coming down to the wire and you're coming down to that last play, that play at the death. Uh-huh. You're gonna see a little, a little bit more creativity. You're gonna see a little bit more open flow, Southern Hemisphere right. rugby. The in my opinion, inside it is palpable, right? Exactly. You feel the energy, and sometimes those are the most exciting moments, regardless of what the result is. It's, you know, and and I get what you're saying. It's going to provide just as much entertainment value as having an extra 10 or whatever they might decide. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll circle back around to that. So to to your point, though, we're going to sum it up. You're not in favor of changing the tie rule or at least ending in a tie. Uh, You're in favor of keeping it because it's a measure of the battle that both were equal to the opportunity. Um, neither did a, g- a good enough job and neither of them did a bad enough job. And because of that, it ends up actually providing great entertainment value, especially in those final moments when, you know, both of them are fighting right to the bitter end. That I like there. Those are great takeaways. Let's hand it over to you, Rob, to take it away. Yeah, well, I know fans like to see sparks fly between Scott and I, but um, quite frankly, you know, Scott came to Chicago and uh, and the true uh, – uh, Italian fashion. Treaty was together. made. Uh, we we, we uh, broke bread. We. I'm not going to say we wrestled in the nude, out. but we might have wrestled in the nude. You know, <laughs> there was olive oil involved. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we had a good old fashioned sit down, and uh, you know, uh, we made our peace. So I'm going to have to agree with Scott on this one. You know, I mentioned uh, as we started the segment that fact that there's been five ties in the five complete seasons. Um, that we've had. I mean, when you think about the fact, I think there's 96 regular season matches in uh, a season and we're getting on average of one per season. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like uh, 1%. You know, it's so it's so minuscule. Why bother worrying about 1% of the games? To Scott's point, you know, um, if, if, you, if 
the fun is watching a team try to win in that last minute. Remember that we, you know, the, the, the final hooter, uh, unlike in football, um, and, and basketball, the final hooter is, is not, you know, defined, right? I mean, yes, there's a final whistle, you know, clock goes to 40, um, you know, for that, for the second half, but, you know, uh, the game still marches on until the ball goes out of bounds or something, you know, goes into touch or whatnot. Um, so there's still opportunities to play for that win. And that part's exciting, right? When you got two teams that are trying yeah, to you're win playing on that borrowed time, yeah. even off yeah. the whistle, you know, exactly. You know, in that, in that, you know, in that uh, red time there is, as we often see on the, the timer, um, you know, uh, right now, two points for a draw versus two points for a win. I mean, the emphasis is on making, uh, use of the possession, like I was talking about there in the final minutes. And let's face it, if you're the other teams in the conference that have won a match right on the weekend and you're watching, let's say, the last match of the weekend, two teams duke it out and one of them's, you know, both of them are in conference and one of the two is going to get a win because you're going to play extra time no matter what to guarantee the win, I would be kind of disappointed. Like, right, hey, I did my job, right? These two teams in tied in regulation – why should they be one of the two uh, be granted an opportunity to get the same amount of points as me when, when, you know, I put up the points and I did what, you know, we did what we needed to do as a team. We're giving them uh, an, an opportunity to, to get wow. points. And, and to me, that's, that's unfair. Um, right. And, and then finally, um, you know, a, there's a lot of frustration when people look at American sports. There's a lot of frustration in the NFL with a tiebreaker. I don't really think a lot of NFL fans have actually truly ever been a fan of the tiebreaker. Scott mentioned in the NHL, you know, they're they're shifting, uh, they're putting a runner on second, I think, in the LB, uh, MLB for the first time. We're manufacturing ways for teams to try to win, right? And, and it's unnatural. Um, you know, let's just leave it at a tie. Uh, you get two points. You came up short. You got to do better next time. Right. And, you know, let's, while we're on the topic of comparing it to other sports, you know, let's think of some of the others. NHL was, was a great example a moment ago. I'm going to expand it to soccer, right? The point scoring system is pretty simple. Put it in the net and you get one point, right? So you have very seldom score lines that resemble rugby scores. And why do I bring this up? Well, because there's far more opportunities and more ways to be able to put points on the board in our game than in other games that require draws. Now, you brought up the NFL and you said a lot of people aren't fans of it. Again, fans can tell us if they do like it or if you think it should be borrowed. Tell us. Drop a comment down below. Follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. We welcome your criticism of anything we say. In fact, we enjoy it. So why do I bring that up, though? It's because the crux of what I'm trying to be able to pull out from there is as you pointed out, Rob, and, and likewise with Scott, there are plenty of opportunities through 80 minutes to be able to put points on the board. A missed conversion could separate you, or a converted conversion, a penalty kick, anything of that nature, a drop goal. In those moments, drop goals probably would not be used in the way that we love them so much if it wasn't for those borrowed minutes after the whistle that our game finishes and provide the drama that we all come to love. I think of the 1995 soccer, uh, sorry, soccer, rugby world uh, cup, right? She's blasphemous. I said that. Split those words out of my mouth when I say about South Africa's win and confusing it. But uh, yeah, those great moments might not exist because the pressure of the situation forces them to, to you know, as they say, Find a way or make a way to win the game. 
Yeah. So here's the interesting thought, though. And I want to throw it back to you, gentlemen. I started with Scott. And I'm going to throw it to you, Rob, first. Now, if we were to imagine that everybody took a vote and all fans agreed and the powers that be made it happen, the tiebreaker exists in MLR, regular season, right all the way through, every time that there's a tie at the end of the uh, the, the final whistle, how would you suggest we settle it, Rob? Yeah, I thought a little bit about this, and my initial response is to kind of play, you know, two halves, and um, you know, and give an opportunity for the teams to ash it out in the two halves. But it, and and I kind of modify that. I think what I would do is uh, give the give each team to start uh, a five minute half, and there's two halves that will both be played out. Each team will start with the ball in a scrum, uh, like at the forties. You know, um, so inside their attacking half, right? And it gives them an opportunity to attack with the ball. Now, there could always be a turnover in which the other team can mount a score, obviously, but clearly they have a distinct advantage because they're in the attacking half of um, uh, the field. And, and it puts pressure on the other team to mount a strong defense um, to really, you know, tackle behind the gain line. Um, and uh, make sure that they don't commit penalties so they don't give an opportunity to the opposition to put, you know, points on the board with with a, a penalty kick. Um, and But it also gets them an opportunity to get some run of play going. And then, you know, you have a second, a second five and a half, the other team gets an opportunity. And here again, um, you know, uh, um, it, you, you play both. If the game's still tied, um, then you go to, uh, you know, kicks. Penalty shootout, right? Rugby style. Yep. And the prop must kick first. <laughs> well, you, 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 I would do it similar to what uh, soccer does, and I would go five five kicks, and different players mm-hmm. have to take it. So now you're going into your depth. Like, do you have do you have enough guys, you know, on your pitch who who are adept kickers that can, you know, make it um, from, you know, you could put right. it, uh, you could put it, give it a little challenge, and put it, you know, at, um, you know, at the twenty five or something like that. To, you know. Um, uh, I have a question about your your, like your your thought there. So if Team A has the ball on the 40, opponent's 40, right? So they're attacking ball, and there's a counter, and Team B in defense scores in that first five minutes. Is that the end of the game, or do you still play the second half? Oh, that's a great question. I hadn't thought that far ahead. But I yeah. would say that ends the game. I would say they uh, – right. Well, I mean, but the same thing could happen in the second half, the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I mean, my first in, my first inclination to say it ends the game because they made a turn, they got a turnover, and right. then you they had scored a tackle ball. And, you, you lost, you know, it. and and you're essentially rewarding for team for you know turning the ball over and then getting being able to get down you know three quarters of the length of the field to score. So my first inclination, I would say that that ends the game because that's a that's a that, that shows some dominant. Um, yeah. you know, defense and some dominant offense on behalf right. of Team B. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Scott, as per usual, we hand it over to you next. So I talked about uh, me being a little bit of a traditionalist, not make, I don't care if it's exciting for the fans. I hate <laughs> that the NHL turns into an individual skill session. Let's do all that shit for an overtime period. So what I'm going to suggest is you're going to do um, 
almost kind of what Bermuda tens did, right? And what, but a little bit modified. So Bermuda tens, they were kicking, you know, uh, progressively farther and farther away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: anybody's eligible to kick. Uh, you can only kick once, um, and you can still. I think Rob is fine. You know, in his use the first base five to figure it out. But okay. after the fifth, you know, where are you kicking? How far are you kicking from? Have you used your fly half yet? Have you used your foot, your fullback yet? And after that, you figure it out because the other thing is we're talking about um, one of the, one of the things that Rob, you're going to play a whole nother two halves and then you're going to go into penalty kicks. And then all of a sudden, all those rules that we create to speed up the game, go out the window, you know? So why don't we create something that's a little more hectic, a little more um, manageable, a little more fun. Um, and like I said, all 15 guys are eligible. And once you, you can't kick again, unless you've kicked through. You know, and you keep incrementally bringing that ball back, let's say five meters at a time. Right. Okay. Start at the five. You're making that on the foundation of what mm-hmm. Rob said, two halves, you know, some. No, 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 two ha- no, 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 you go straight to kicks. Straight oh, to kicks. Saying, Why are we wasting time? Why, Why are we wasting bullshit playing another? Because think about it. Now you got to play another couple halves, and all of a sudden you're down. You know, you've lost all your props because all of a sudden we have these wacky rules, and the props can't right. come back in. You know, and and all of a sudden now we're going to uncontested scrums, and we're seeing all this crazy right. shit, Changes and we're going to have wingers, the... wingers playing flanker, and all this chaos. Well, you might as well throw the chaos right up front in the overtime period, mm-hmm. particularly by having your prop kick from the five meter line. Because yeah. let's be honest, that's probably his best chance, right? So all of a sudden. Chicago comes out. Patty Ryan kicks from the five meter line. All right, Patty's done. He doesn't have to kick again unless fourteen more hounds kick. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's okay. let's so let's do it that way and see what happens. So forget about the bread making thing, breaking last weekend, Scott. So Scott doesn't like the individual skill component of nah. the NHL, um, you know, tiebreaker nah. system, but he's willing to put it back into the MLR to break. If we're gonna do a cockamamie thing about overtime, I'm gonna make it a cockamamie thing. But it'll be the most exciting. Hold on, wait, wait. It will be the most exciting overtime period you've ever seen. Right. And, and on the entertainment theme for a moment, I think it'll be pretty exciting to be able to see your entire roster that's in field, right? Be able to take a kick at post, but progressively become harder with each person. And then the other component to that is, as the coach, you now need to be able to know every skill set available from each player and position them right by having the one who has to kick the farthest with the greatest boot, right? So naturally, you might end up with a fullback or a, or a fly off, uh, or or you know somebody of a similar. And, and think about and it. So let's say turn up at training with pulled hamstrings. Listen, take take a look right. at this. Oh my okay. In your New version, York. Think about player welfare for a moment, Rob. You asked them to play 80 minutes. They did that. Now they gotta play another 10 minutes, both sides potentially. What does that do for player welfare? You know, and think about this. So you have you have a team, we'll just use Chicago and Atlanta, right? Chicago's playing Atlanta, Chicago's down. All of a sudden, Chicago's like, okay, I really need to bring in a good winger that's gonna really make a breakdown down the sideline. Mm-hmm. And that good winger, usually those wingers who break down the sidelines. Not necessarily the best kickers, right? So sure. all of a sudden, you have that winger who's going to break down the sideline, but you're also putting in a guy who potentially, after you score this game-tying try and kick the game-tying conversion, might fail at kicking a game-winning overtime kick. I think I like the number of variables possible in Scott's version. I think that it could provide some and, – and, now, and now, granted, I'm a rugby fan that looks a little bit deeper than just what's on the TV screen. I think about who you're going to put next as your kicker. I think about who's going to do the longest kick, who's going to do the shortest kick, you know, your midfield, you know, and, and, and all of that type of stuff. And I think for a more educated rugby fan, that might be more interesting, especially if you know your team well, like you, Rob, I'm sure. Could so probably we're going to end, we're gonna end the game. We're going to end the game playing soccer rather than rugby. 
Should have won it because you should have won it in regular regulation, Rob. You should have won it dotting one down, kicking a drop goal, hitting that conversion you missed in regulation. If you can't play, if you can't win in the those eighty minutes, you don't deserve to win. And let the friggin' right. props fate kick it, uh, kicking fall where it may. So, so yeah, let me. I, throw I, I get that. You, I guess my position is, you know, we might as well at least give him an opportunity to end it in a traditional rugby. You know, playing a game of rugby rather than you know kicking, uh, rather than kicking a. They ball had eighty minutes to finish in the soccer. traditional way. Yeah, you, you saw eighty minutes of tradition. Now let's get some excitement. Let's get let's get some moves and let's get this game friggin' over with because we got another match in seven days. All right, Larome, I know you're listening, brother. You better start training. Yeah. Everybody can, needs to we know you can make a breakaway. Now you have to be able to. Have make you seen? Ball. You know, Dylan Fawcett, I believe, was a uh, was a Gaelic football guy, so he can kick. Um, so, you know, that's an advantage of having a hooker that could kick. Hey, and look at the upside. Suddenly we go to the international stage and we've got 15 kickers on our roster. <laughs> you know, it doesn't all have to be McGee. Listen, it worked for Bermuda. If you guys remember, if you guys remember Bermuda Sevens, Ben Seema was really only, I think he was on Rhinos, was really only on that team to kick and came out right. in those game-winning situations to try points. and kick one. And I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys, may, you guys may remember this better than I do. He came out in a tie game and kicked one from the fifty to yeah. to to win it. Right. So I mean, you know, it's it's you know, it, it has it's almost my theory has almost been been proven true with the Bermuda yeah. tens. I must and tell you, the Bermuda tens have continued like to be a time honor tradition of a tournament ever since. Hey, it's not my fault. Their organizers <laughs> suck. Their rules are great, dude. You had Patty Ryan coming in on either five meter line with those with swinging around those those line changes. Come on, it was a ton of fun. Right, right. Well, I mean, this has been a ton of fun though to be able to talk about this. Um, and again, fans tuning in, tell us what you think. You know, do you think that it's somewhere between these two? Uh, do you think that it's something completely different? Do you think that Scott or Rob are on the money? Uh, tell us what you think by uh, dropping a comment below. You can do so also online by following us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. If you're not already liking and following us, you, of course, can. And you can follow us through all of our social media platforms in addition to catching our content on the Rugby Network and, of course, on any podcast platform, whichever you may choose. We're there. Week after week doing this again and again, and we have been for four seasons now, and it has been a pure joy, but it only happens with your support as rugby fans because we here on the Rugby Rant aim to grow rugby one fan at a time. Gentlemen, it has been a fun and interesting debate. I think where I lie, uh, it's not the deciding vote, but I, uh, the more I listen to, uh, to Scott's rant, uh, the more I came to enjoy the, the, the depth of it, uh, the variability, the entertainment factor. Um, and I think that a point goes against Rob's concept just on player welfare. When you've got uh, rosters that are already thin in the MLR, um, struggle with depth, we already see the, 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 the struggles through the regular season. And to ask them to do an extra 10 minutes, possibly even if it's only two times a season as it has been, is still probably too much to risk. Yeah, go join Rob on the struggle bus there. <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, that all the Charlie Browns uh, end up flat on their back after trying to kick uh, a ball that's not used to kicking. <laughs> probably right, right? Somebody's got to twist their ankle or something, and that's probably going to provide more entertainment. At that's least better than an be HIA there. in the extra 10 minutes. <laughs> and the rant continues. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
Gentlemen, uh, it's been a blast as per usual. Uh, I love what we get to do and uh, we do it each and every week and it's become a part of my uh, my life and uh, and a joy to it. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, every rugby fan can feel the same way that what we do with rugby is just for the pure joy. And uh, we'll continue to do that as long as everybody enjoys it along with us. Gentlemen, thank you very much and thank the fans at home for episode 137 of the Rugby Rant podcast show and we will continue to see you at the next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.